You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. Hey guys, welcome to Cards to the Moon. This is episode 60 and it's another Friday episode. My name is Clark from Five Card Guys, along with Hyung of Integrity Sports Cards and John who is Trade You at Recess on Instagram. We're actually recording this show just a couple of days after the Sports Card Expo in Toronto just ended and we'll get into talking about what we observed from the biggest local card show here in Canada. But before we do, off the top, I wanted to quickly get your guys' thoughts on the LeBron James Panini Flawless Triple Logo Man card. There seems to be a lot of discussion on whether the collector who got the card submitted to PSA did the right thing by just getting it authenticated by PSA without a number grade. But um, yeah, before you guys give me your opinion on that, um, whether you know that changes the value of the card in your opinion, I want to know where you guys stand on getting one of one cards graded. You know, some people say, what's the point? It's a one of one. And others say uh, they would absolutely get a one of one graded no matter what. What do you guys say? I I was always in the the boat that you got to get a one of one graded just because you got to prove its authenticity. Because Hmm. you don't want, you know, uh, a fake kind of out there, you know, of, of the possibility, right? So, sure. like I always thought, you know, one of one should be great. You want it slabbed, right? So, yeah, yeah. It's it's surprising though. Like the, you know, whenever I post on Five Card Guys, like one of ones that are um, like, listed. Why, why are you? Why are you? Yeah, there's so many people that say like, "What's the point, man?" <laughs> I ha- I have all my one of ones graded. It's just yeah. you know, it's in the slab, yeah. right? I agree. And I and I, 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 agree. Too. I think I think in this case too, it was. Um, I'm guessing the the person who submitted it basically believed that it was probably going to be a PSA six or five. Something was, I mean, I I could I could tell you that those cards don't come gem mint, very right. very rare, right? Especially right. you know patch cards, they're a tough grade, right? So I think it would it wouldn't really hurt the value if you seen a PSA six, but at that point, do you want a PSA six or a PSA seven? You know, in mm. that, not that the grade matters. Yes, you, they have the point there that the grade probably doesn't matter. But I think uh, at that point, just having it authenticated makes sense, just so that you know it's in the slab. You know, uh, it's a one on one. You could enjoy it, and you don't. You're not really worried about like any counterfeits or anything like that, right? Right. Right. Yeah, I'm 100 percent in agreement. I don't understand the hate or. <laughs> Why there's such a huge debate on this? I, you know, s- some people are uh, want to be purist and they like it coming from the original packaging with a panini seal on it. I, I guess I understand that. Um, but you know, like you're talking big time money. Of course, you want it authenticated. I, I don't know, in my opinion, right? And mm-hmm. um, if I think if you know it is no better than eight or a seven. It's probably smart to get it just with the A, get the authentication. Because to me, for me, yeah. if I have a one of one and I see it being like a seven, wasn't the Lewis Hamilton Superfractor like a seven 
or was it? Right. I think of something else. Anyways, it might have mm-hmm. been, yeah, yeah. But like when I see a seven, uh, you know, it probably, I think it actually does change the value a bit. It shouldn't, but it does because that's <laughs> right. You know, that's marketing, right? So, uh, for me, it bothers me too. Like I don't want to see a seven on my one of one. So if I if I was if that was me and that was my card and that's my PC, I probably do the exact same thing. Get it authenticated. And then when it comes time to sell, at least there's no messing around. There's no question marks of like the card, who you are, like it's authenticated, it's PSA. It's, it's definitely all... not a PC item. <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> for me. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like it definitely, we talked about this before, right? When it's that scarce, especially for a one-on-one, the grade doesn't really matter, right? But having said that, people use that as a negotiation tactic, you know? Oh, it's like, right. oh, it's a PSA 7, so it's not worth as much. Yeah, right? I don't so, think you could use that logic. <laughs> but right. I, I do uh, feel like on the flip side, like a Superfractor or a 101 that is a PSA 10 does mm. uh, attract for a lot sure. more attention. For sure. You know, like people yeah. are like, wow. I'll give it a bump. Know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I think that's where, I guess, the, the divide is it's, it's just there's a ha- half the ca- people saying why are you even grading it and mm-hmm. then there's there's actually a camp that basically says they shouldn't even authenticate it they should grade it one to ten which is fair I, I I believe that that should be the real option where there is no just authentication it's just give the grade and give no option to really you know, um, mm. just put an authentic label on it, right? Because think they're a grading company, right? right. So I, mm. I don't know. Just mm. take just take the authentication out. Just say everything that they grade is authentic, right? And give it one to ten based based on their scale, right? So there's that camp too, and then there's camps. There's the camp that really don't care. They think one of one should be slab. I'm in. I fall in, under that camp, but yeah, me too. I mean, you could you could take any perspective here and you know you have an argument at the end of the day right so yeah no for sure yeah i'm, I'm with you guys uh, i would do the same thing get it authenticated uh especially for a monster card like that and psa right now at least is the go-to grading company right for right. that so um it's a no-brainer yeah it'll be interesting to see how much it ultimately goes for because it's going to golden i believe right on right, auction right right yeah. And um, it'll be interesting to see who the buyers if we ever find out. But I think I think they kind of set themselves up for this because they they hyped it and marketed so much. You got to think about sustainability in the future. Uh, it, are they going to try doing something like this again? Um, if there's a weak sale, let's just say, let's just mm-hmm. say you know falls south of I don't know what a weak sale would be these days, <laughs> but like let's just say under two million dollars, right? Yeah. Would all that hype and buzz be worth? kind of like will people join that next year and the year after kind of not saying that you're going to have a logo man every year because i don't think panini's not that dumb to kind of replicate it and i don't think they will but um for future huge breaks like like this you know there was this huge hype that this card might be the all-time you know north of 6.6 million potentially you know to be the record-breaking you know sale right so i think there's a lot of hype and marketing behind it and you see it already you see it all over plastered everywhere uh golden auctions kind of marketing it right so i think they need they need a strong sale i i think for the sake of 
their reputation and business as well. And I believe that they will have a decently strong sale. I wouldn't say it would be a record-breaking sale for the most expensive card, but I would think that it would be like we discussed uh, before. I think we said like three to five million, which is nuts. Which is mm-hmm. like to me, it's it's that's that's a crazy price. But I think you need to based on the hype, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You guys have a prediction? Yeah. I was gonna ask that. Yeah. Where <laughs> you know what our track record is when we try to guess <laughs> yeah. these high end? I'll say between one and six. <laughs> <laughs> One and six. Come on, that's right. too wide. If we're, if we're gonna play uh, prices right, I'll go under one. No way. It's Definitely. Go that, this is your proven track record, John. It it's is. just gonna continue. I, yeah, I don't think it'll go. It's like John's betting one dollar. John's betting one dollar. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. That's true. Listen, you know he what? Thinks... For for me, we talked about this before. If I had, if I'm in the space of buying million dollar cards, like that's my thing. For me, I'm not touching this card unless it's at around million dollars or less. Like I, I think there's just too much. But John, pull. yeah. How about if you had a hundred million dollars? Would you really? I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not like. <laughs> you know I, what I mean? If you had that much point, money I, to spend, I just think it... at this point you're just being. Whoever's buying this, it's just such a polarizing card, and I, I, I think half the internet is gonna mock whoever buys this card. It's got sure. such a negative thing, thing like attached to it right now, that you just you're gonna be that clown. You're gonna be known as that clown that bought it for two point five million or three point seven million. And I don't want to, if I if I'm spending money, I'm that's way too risky for a return on investments of millions of dollars. I'd rather put that in something else. Now, if it's under a million, like it's a it's a really good price where. No matter the negative marketing, I think I can make money on this in the future. You know, like once the the marketing wears off and all of that stuff, I think there's a price for that. So that's why I, for me, I say if I had the money, I am not paying over a million. I'm not paying over a million. I, for me, I'm not. <laughs> and it's not just because I don't. I don't think many. I don't, I honestly don't think many uh, personal like collectors would. I like for personally, sure. right. I wouldn't either. Personally, no, but let's but... Say even let's say just like strictly investment too. <laughs> No, but you know? you're, you're uh, for for me. It's like one from a business standpoint. Golden can't take a hit like that. Right. There's no way they have safety. They have to have safety under a certain amount. Like I guarantee sure. you. Yeah. Plus, plus we're talking about fractional share uh, uh, companies who overvaluate a lot of stuff, and you know they're a target. And there could also, in my opinion, be a group of people that are going in on this as well, right? So I think, I think it, there's just too much outside of the hobby logic uh that apply to this scenario right. like collectible that could go yeah. for this and stuff like that exactly right? it, yeah. it 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 becomes a very very i guess desirable from a fractional standpoint i think um but like i said it would be overvalued uh but there is only one right so there's a mm-hmm. story behind it. i think there's just too much business too much you know capitalism involved in this one so i think it's a different game it's it's totally like hobby logic definitely applies to you know <laughs> right. this one right we're not yeah yeah funny enough you yeah. know who i think would save the marketing of this card drake i think if drake <laughs> bought it people probably wouldn't clown him it's like you know he got the card that he wanted right and that might yeah. save the image of this card right 
Let's go, Drake. Go buy it. Um, I'm going <laughs> to guess it's $3.56 million. All right? That's I'm putting so it on wax. Okay. $3.56 million is my prediction. That's so crazy. That's uh, that's pretty pretty accurate or like pretty like precise there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Specific. <laughs> oh man. It will it will be the highest LeBron James card in my opinion, no doubt. Wow. Yeah, I I, I think I think north of three five. I'd say I don't think oh, it's gonna higher. Go. Yeah, I'm going a little higher than that, but I'd say three five wow. between three five and four. Okay. Yeah. You guys are. Is it worth that? I'm... No, it's it's probably worth thirty bucks. Uh, the cost of actual <laughs> material. But uh yeah. We'll yeah. we'll multiply that a bit. Alright, we'll see. We'll revisit this once the sale is made and uh yeah, I'm sure we'll um, We're probably our... wrong. Yeah, we're exactly. Somehow we're all gonna be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright, let's go on to our Friday discussion today, which is something we did after the local card show we went back to in November, I think, and that's to discuss what we observed from the most recent card show. Um, like, did we see any trends in what people were buying or selling? How big or small were the crowds this time? I was thinking maybe, Hyung, you can start off since you were there the whole four days with whole your food set up. And I'm uh, absolutely just, exhausted. I was going to ask, how exhausted are you now? <laughs> a, lot, a lot of energy left my body. We'll leave it at that. But you know what? <laughs> overall, overall, I had a great time. A um, lot of great conversations. That was probably the highlight. Um, in terms of the actual show, I, f- I feel like a lot of people were were selling or trying to like get rid of some of their slabs. And yeah, yeah, there was it was it was weird because I I did a walk around too, and a lot of a lot of dealers were, um, I guess, really high on some prices, just on list prices, where they were mm. kind of hoping that they would. I guess, you know, get people to, you know, somehow negotiate on like base cards that were like 200% overpriced. Right. So I, I noticed that, um, with a lot of dealers and also I, obviously that goes to show that the market is, you know, um, you know, slowly tanking. So Mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of people didn't want to sell, um, for comps at least right right now right so it didn't make sense so I think a lot of trades went down though um, because mm-hmm. that's that's when you can make parallel moves and even moves where you know you don't you're not really you know taking profit off of one another it's more so a lateral move where um, both parties are okay with it I've done I actually probably did close to in this is Canadian dollars, close to $20,000 worth of like deals slash trades at the end, mm, end wow. of it. Right. So it wasn't too bad, uh, f- for me. I know, um, you know, other people that I talked to guys like DC, he's, he's known in the Toronto, uh, community. He, he had a really good show as well. And, um, yeah, there were opportunities there at the end of the day. Right. So I think, uh, sure. overall it was just, uh, back to cards again. Right. We've kind of forgot about who cares what's outside of this, you know, this 500,000 square foot, you know, venue mm-hmm. right now. We're all uh, essentially hobbyists, collectors, investors, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, people that traveled and I noticed a lot of companies as well. Um, newer companies that never kind of existed, I'd say. Um, and I see it m- more of a trade show than, um, kind of like when we went to card shows, it was all like 
it, it's like a huge room full of trading essentially, right? But now you're actually seeing companies, you know, go around presenting their, you know, um, app or their their company to, you know, show their value. Uh, mm-hmm. And they were actually hustling. There's companies, um, you know, from the U.S. that came up for the show. And yeah, overall, I think um, there was definitely forward progress, I think, even though the venue was so big that it might not have seemed like there was a lot of people because mm-hmm. uh, there was like spurts of like bursts. But when it was busy, I, th- I think it was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good in terms of the volume. Yeah. So but overall, yeah, no complaints. No, good points. Like I definitely agree with you on, well, from the dealer perspective, a lot of cards being overpriced because I think as we're transitioning in the hobby right now, as things are, you know, tanking a little bit, you know, the dealers obviously don't want to lose their money and trying to wants to try to get out. But I think the next card show, whenever the next big one is, I think they'll November. be November. Yeah. I yeah. think if the, if the market is still the way it is, um, the dealers will have to make adjustments. You know what I mean? Right. They can't just keep the prices high because <laughs> they're not going to sell any. I'm sure a lot of them went away disappointed, not being able to sell a lot of their cards at the, current prices for right? sure right so and i and i agree with you with the the companies like you saw whatnot you saw pwcc there yeah you right. saw all these uh u.s companies and, and companies and thinking of that i think going forward you're going to see more of that because if you think about it there's more value attending those shows um as a marketing thing more than selling and as people realized that before it was like hobbyists that would set up booths, right? right? But now it makes more sense to bring your slabs, walk around, don't pay the premium to set up a booth, mm-hmm. right? Because there's really no point because you, you know what I mean? I, and I'm not saying that that's going to happen all across the board, but it's definitely in terms of the ROI that I think people are shocked they think that you know in the height of the hobby we could have you could have put anything out there for sale and it would it'd probably sell or you could make a deal on it right but i think uh, as things slow down you know it's just not worth it for like i said last week in the episode you know when people realize the roi is not there for these card shows right you're better off going there as an attendee paying you know just the the cover charge and then going around and hustling with your slabs right and let the dealers the, the the bigger companies as they grow it becomes more of a trade show type show which could be good or bad right so sure right. i totally see that i wish one of us went to the uh one of the trade nights so that we were, we can report back the difference yeah and you know what i was i was just so exhausted i, I don't <laughs> yeah. that was the last thing i wanted to do i was doing trades all day for four days you know so. Literally, I I went there for two days and Hyung was there for four days and the two days I was there, like Hyung was talking nonstop. You know you what? Know, like- Once you get me going, man, you can- and I have a couple of the coffees. I think I had a monster, you know, that day yeah, too. Yeah. So it's just like I was wound up and I just nonstop for four days talking. And I could no, do that, you were, right? You you were hustling, man. <laughs> Johnny, you were there for one day. What 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 did you think? Yeah, I'm. I'm certainly not the person to talk to about reviews because I, I was way too busy. Uh, I was anticipating going like all day Friday, and all day Sunday, which ended up turning out to be two hours Sunday right before <laughs> close. So the impression right. I got obviously was number one, I did not get to go around to see every booth. I did not get to hustle and bustle and try to accomplish trades like I wanted to. There just wasn't enough time. And then obviously, 
the feel and atmosphere was kind of winding down. Like it wasn't as busy, I'm sure, as maybe yeah. Saturday was. You guys can make the comparison. Um, I've kind of felt like the venue or the number of venues vendors was a lot smaller than the last time they had it. Uh, in the in the when was the last time they had it in September? No, September. Anyways. It was November last November, November, November probably. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, it was short, short-lived for me, but I had been talking to somebody outside uh, of the show that was going to be there as a part of a dealer. Um, so our, I already had a goal in mind. I've been Hyung has been helping me s- sell a whole bunch of my slabs and move them to move it into a Soto Update Refractor, which I Woo! was able to do at the show. So nice. I, had, nice. I had one main goal in mind, and I was able to. That's able a to big card, it. man. Thanks to Hyung, yeah. A lot of help from Hyung, and I, I appreciate it. <laughs> no worries. We're going to talk about yeah what we picked up, but uh, do you want to talk about how you got the it, refractor? It was actually a three-way trade, right? It ended kind up being, of, being yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, so I actually, <laughs> at the end of it, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do my walk around, last 20 minutes of the show, and then <laughs> okay. I run into John, and uh, he's like, yeah, I'm about to do the deal. And I'm like, oh, no way. Where is he? Let's go. So we, uh, we go together, and... He's about to, you know, pay him cash. And and by the way, this is 2018 uh, Tops Chrome Update Refractor number two, 250 or 299? 250, 250, I think. Yeah. 250. 10, so mass nice. PSA 10, massive card. Uh, massive Juan Soto card. Yeah. So uh, we ended up, anyways, I, I ended up selling my uh, Gatorade bath PSA 10. To, That's a monster uh, card too, yeah. Yeah, it's a monster. I wasn't planning on it, but then... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was a three-way where John um, basically got got the soda refractor. I sold basically the soda Gatorade bath to the dealer, and then uh, John basically gave me the cash, right? So it ended up <laughs> kind of like – and it right. was like the last 20 minutes of the show. So I kind of ended off uh, the show with a bunch of cash, which was good. But John ended up picking his his card that he was targeting for months now, right? Mm-hmm. So I know he's he's been in conversations with uh, – with the dealer for for the past couple months so it's good to see that you know he actually uh landed it for yeah. sure yeah and shout out like oh, he cool i don't know if he wants his name name out on the podcast so i won't mention it for the time being but i'm sure i'll shout him shout him out on ig he was so easy to deal with like really fair we we talked about a month and a half ago when prices were obviously a lot different than it was now mm-hmm. and we kind of agreed on a price um and he told me what he paid for it at the time, which was market value. And he's like, I'm willing to let it go. He actually ended up picking up a BGS 10 version of that card, which is also oh, wow. which is a monster. So hence, he was willing to let it go. Um, and then fast and forward. And he had a PSA 10. And he had Another two. PSA yeah, 10. he had two PSA 10s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. And then fast forward to the show. And I was just talking to him. Listen, I ended up selling everything that I was supposed to sell. Um, but I'm selling everything at 20, 30% less than anticipated, right? And then also the last Soto, I don't know if you saw it. He's like, yeah. He was kind of disappointed. He's like, yeah, I saw it. It went for X amount. Um, And I'm like, and it's a lot less than what we had originally agreed on. So I'm like, listen, you know, I don't have as much cash on me uh, because of what happened. Are you willing to come down closer to that comp price? And he's like, oh, I, I don't think I can do that. And uh, I I had a next option price I was willing to go to, which was a little bit up, 
but not not too much. It was still kind of close to the comp price. I'm like, mm-hmm. listen, what about this? Uh, and he was like, yeah, I can do that for you. So went to think about it. I went to Hyung. We, we talked about it for a bit. And it was one of those things where, and this is another thing to mention, and I'll, I'll shout out great curator, one of the YouTubers, and he talked about this in his one of his episodes. Uh, and it's a little bit of a tip when you're at a show. Dealers are obviously motivated to sell. They want cash at that show. They have a target and that's cash. Yeah. I could have easily talked to this guy after the show, after the fact. But I kind of talked to Hyung and I was like, you know what? He's motivated now. Like I put cash on the table. He's staring at cash. He's motivated. No matter even if the deal is a lot lower than he expected, when you're staring at stacks of cash, (laughs) you're probably in that moment, kind of like a one in row moment, you're probably going to take it, right? Whereas if Mm. I ended up thinking, okay, you know what? Maybe this soda card is going to go down even further because the market market is tanking. So actually, I'm going to take the strategy of talking to him in another 30 days. Maybe we can work a deal because he's... He's he's already he's in Toronto. He's based out of Toronto, and if you if you're offline and you're off the show, you, the guy can easily be like, you know what, you know, talking on IG, I'm, I'm gonna hang on to the card. You're just not in that sure mood that, that that selling mood, right? So that's a tip too. Like in the moment, you know that if you want a card from a dealer and you you show them the cash, um, you know maybe it's the time to make the move at the show because it's it's a time where you can pry a certain card sure. off of a dealer's hands for a certain price, right? It's a good it's point. Good Especially point, yeah. on the last day of the show. Yeah. Last People day of the are show willing too. to deal for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. No, that was a good grab. I love that one soda over Yeah, and that, that, that well that was uh that was the move like you kinda cut cut your losses of some slabs you don't really care right. about. You cash out on those even though you're at a loss. You're just moving it into a bigger card where right. it has mm-hmm. legs, potential legs in the long term, right? So right. in terms of that, I, I believe that's a great move. It's always good to kind of, you know, go that route, especially, you know, as as we approach, you know, our economic downturn. Um, we could that that's not a bad move, you know, cashing out on the lower end stuff and, you know, putting it into some things that kind of hold value just because of the rarity, right? Right, so, 100%. Yeah. And it's not even um, like uh, I paid a like a high price, right? We talked about this as well. Sorry, yeah, Clark. your cash in price is Yeah, like low. even though I take some L on a bunch of cards, the Soto, right, right. the price that I got for the Soto is actually, other than the comp, is the lowest sale of, yeah, of exactly. that card in all of 2021 and all of 2022, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. Um Hyung, I want to get into your trade, which is a monster trade too. But um, before you do, uh, just a couple of things I noticed from the card show. Uh, it did feel smaller to me as well, like John was saying. I don't know. Like I think I was walking around, especially on the last day of the show, and I was going to the same booths over and over. Like I found <laughs> myself going to the same booths. I'm like, okay. It's, I, whereas the one in November, it just felt like I felt like I didn't see everything. Do you know right, what I mean? Right, right, right. So, um, so I think it was it. It did feel a bit smaller, and uh, that's not too surprising, just the way the hobby's going these days. Uh, but um, hopefully it rebounds. And I don't know. There's a lot of hockey still. In, yeah, in yeah. Sports <laughs> Card Expo. I noticed that too. A ton. I mean, I, I think if I think I mentioned this to you, Hyung, at the show. Like, if they got rid of like even half the hockey um, dealers, just the guys that sell purely hockey, like. I wouldn't have been walking around 
nearly as much you know it's just like going from one you know booth to the other that sold things other than hockey like it just took time to do that as well um but yeah uh, you know i guess it's to be expected Uh, and this is you know you're you're taking the point of view from a guy that's mainly into baseball and basketball so um Other other hockey card collectors aren't complaining, I'm sure, at all with the with the sports card expo. Surprisingly, there was there's a lot of uh, soccer too. I find uh, more soccer, of it, yeah, for sure, yeah, for sure, yeah. yeah maybe yeah. that's more of a Toronto thing, but uh, I'm noticing it a lot um, locally, at least. I'm not too sure, you know, outside of Toronto, but um, yeah, that's what I noticed at the show. Everybody's like, "Where's your soccer?" I'm like, "You know what? I have a sunny Latin national landmark. That's <laughs> right. about it." <laughs> and it ain't for sale <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's good um all right young tell us your monster trade i i actually had a couple um uh one um actually i i ended up getting rid of my red bow bichette i ended up uh Ooh. red wave yeah I, I cashed out on that Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I thought I did well because, you know, I was in for 675 bucks. I ended up landing a, a Luca silver PSA 10 and an Anthony Edwards PSA silver 10. So oh, it was nice. about four, four. Yeah. Uh, oh, so it was, I cashed out at about four, four grand. So I was happy with that. And then I also made a, a huge trade, uh, uh, threw in a little bit of cash. I had to trade a Luca optic auto PSA nine. Mm-hmm. Um, rookie year, as well as a Jordan Pool Finals contender out of forty nine auto, which I received in a trade. I I didn't want the card, so I just received it. I got good value on it, and then I so I traded that those two slabs and a bit of cash uh, for. I picked up a twenty twenty one Topps Chrome Max Verstappen, um, the Ray Wave uh, one of one. Yeah, so Damn. yeah, which yeah. is which is which is a crazy but it's not the portrait which is the more desired um verstappen in the set but for me i i believe in the future of f1 and being able to kind of you know move a card maybe that i wanted to it's ca- kind of similar to um john's move i guess in the refractor where i wanted to just liquidate some cards you know and throw throw it in something that uh potentially might be a really good investment in in the long run right and kind of just enjoy um you know enjoy the card and uh knowing that i'm never probably ever gonna you know get to even purchase or bid on a one of one you know second year um you know of of the f1 set so that's that's that was my train of thought i thought it was a good opportunity for me i knew that i wasn't going to get that opportunity again so yeah i made a, a few deals and obviously the soto was a was a big one as well uh, so yeah, I, I, I was quite busy, uh, throughout the weekend. <laughs> yeah. That was a beauty. Yeah. The Max Verstappen. He's the guy right now too, right? And he is play. the guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, there's some hype around it and then the price was right. Like I, you know, like I said, it's, if it's somewhat, you know, affordable and I could move some cards into, into that value, I have no problem doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you, for me, it's like, uh, I, I, one, I love the Luca optic auto. I think it's one of his, his his greatest cards just because he doesn't have too many on card autos. Um, and the print run is super, super low. So there was that, but I feel like that market is sitting so sideways Mm -hmm. that, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's kind of like, um, I don't think you're going to see a big bump in, 
anytime soon on Luca cards. So that's also why I kind of went, you know, the other way into a whole different market. Because I believe the F1 market is still like untouched, to be honest. I just think people don't realize that it, it is the world's largest sport, right, from a global perspective. And we still haven't even, you know, um, scratched the surface. And as more collectors come into that, you know, F1 market, I feel like um, they're going to increase the print runs again, right? So, like, that's why the 2020 Topps Chrome will be – Topps Chrome F1 will be kind of like the set – it's right? going to be valuable. Like, it's going to be very yeah. valuable. So they increased the print runs in 2021. So it's uh, it's still an awesome set, I I believe. There's a lot of, you know, uh, big cards out of there as well. So, yeah, I think um, it, was a, it was a good long-term move for me overall. Yeah, it was well done. Well done. Maybe you should, uh, maybe you should go talk to fellow Korean. She collects cards because she's big into oh. F1. Oh, she? To work yeah. a deal. Yeah. She'll probably want that card bad. Oh really? I don't. I don't know if it's too desirable right now, but I'm sure, like down the road, as you know, Max, um, you know, uh, you know, has a lot more victories and success in his career. I think they're you're gonna look back and say, you know what? There, there might be a lot of value that way. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a great move. I mean, he's one of the main characters. You know, you know. I will admit, I'm, I am a bit of a skeptic in the long term of F1, um, <laughs> way more so than any of you guys. But he's one of the main characters, and you're talking a one of one card. Like, how many Topps Chrome one of ones are there for Max Verstappen, 2022 and 2021 included, right? So, you're mm-hmm. hanging on to one of the select few, like high percentile Max Verstappen cards. Right? If, so, if, if it was basketball, there would be like 17 one of ones. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Yeah. Yeah. No, that was a good trade. Um, yeah, I ended up making one trade myself, and it was for my Bobachet Refractor BGS 95, uh, plus my Lewis Robert PSA 10 um, First Bowman um, Auto. Uh, so I added those two for um, an Aaron Judge First Bowman Chrome Refractor BGS 95. So I straight up, yeah, two cards for one, no cash, and. Um, and the reason why I did it was like, I think in this market, you know, I love Bichette. You know, we talk about Bichette all the time on this podcast. We love Lewis Robert. We talk about him all the time. Yeah. But in this market, you know, like, you know, guys are still trying to prove um, their worth and I believe in their talent. Um, you know, it's their prices are going down right now, at least. Right. right. And, and um, you know, Aaron Judge has more of a track record, um, has, uh, um, I, I believe, higher potential with the number of home runs he, he can hit, very marketable, plays for the Yankees, all these things going right. for him. And, um, I, you know, and I think if everything breaks right, he can have a pretty historic season this year. Um, he just hit a home run today, so that's 22 now, leading the Major League Baseball. If he hits 60-plus, like, that's what I'm banking on. That's you big know? Like, time. Then things yeah. start to get, you know, he gets in the news a lot at that point right. and especially for sure. playing for the Yankees, especially breaking Roger Maris's record uh, who also played for the Yankees. Like I could see that's It's all about the narrative at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Um, I like that move. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it. Probably, you know, I, I definitely like you were saying, John, like, you know, um, you know, if you look at how much you paid for the card and how much I sold it for, I did sell it at a loss, but 
it's the same thing for the judge. Like that's come down since it's all time highs. You right, know what I mean? Right, so right. it kind of balances out a little bit that way. And then uh, that guy also sold or bought my Zion Williamson light blue select, um, which I got graded SGC nine five. Uh, he just paid five hundred cash. Um, so nice. sweet. so I, I got some liquid from that. And and uh, yeah, I thought it was a fair deal all around. But I think right. long term, I think long term that's great. And as 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 you see kind of like the market go down, you're going to see uh, like almost like a shaking. So sure. like you'll see a lot more correction of true value on everything. We're talking sure. whether it's, you know, um, real estate, whether it's stocks, cryptos, you'll see a true value. Uh, so I think a good move is like those kind of like long-term moves to say, okay, what is really worth you know, kind of like a future right, investment, right. right? So I, I think there's a lot more speculation on the Bo Bichette and Lewis Robert, like in terms of kind of like that law we talk about. If they don't perform and keep up with their, exactly. with, with the MLB superstar kind of numbers, their prices are just going to continually dip. Whereas, mm-hmm. like uh, now, you know, you see the true value of guys like Aaron Judge and you know Bryce Harper's and the Machados. Like, I think there's there's all that, right? So, yeah, yeah I like I like that move. I'm starting to do that a lot more with mm. uh, with my lower end to to trade into kind of like more long term plays. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a good play. All right, um, before we close off this show, just want to also quickly ask you guys any improvements for the Sports Card Expo or even card shows in general that you have um, off the top of your head. I know I'm just throwing it out there uh, mm. for me <laughs> to save on the walking. I don't know if you can do this, but if you can group all the dealers with the majority of hockey cards together <laughs> or, you know, like, or, you know, like, Oh, here's the baseball card section. These guys are primarily baseball card dealers. With basketball. <laughs> I know some dealers sell all four sports, but you know, there are a lot of dealers at the expo that just sold hockey. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. maybe make a hockey card section for the <laughs> save me a ton of walking. <laughs> I, I think some people like the walking because they need the exercise. I, right? I got my so steps it's... in. All right. I got my Apple watch. I got my steps in for sure. But <laughs> yeah, I, I would say, I would say um, make it three days instead of four. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, I think that VIP day is kind of like over, overrated to be honest hmm. um there was literally nobody there and it was just a, a big toll a waste of a day in in my opinion i wish they they did three days and you know call it a show so yeah right johnny any thoughts um <clears throat> well i only speak from my side of the table um but i think what it's kind of like what Hyung mentioned I, I feel like you know if you're motivated to sell as a dealer some of the pricing, right? Like, I mean, I walked around and it was very brief. But even if something caught my eye, the prices were so high that like I didn't feel like I had the energy to even start discussing or right. go down the path of like, hey, would you want to look at these cards and maybe trade or talk? Like, I wasn't in the mood and some of the cards, I already had a card in mind that I really wanted. So this was sort of like window shopping. Um, but like, literally, it wasn't, Almost ninety percent of the cards that I'm seeing, or the dealers, um, no, you know, it wasn't even at comps or like maybe part below comps. I didn't, as I was window shopping, I don't think I saw any steals and deals. <laughs> you could probably mm-hmm. get steals and deals as you talk to them and you you work it, but you know, I I had the unique experience this time of literally only having a couple of hours, and maybe 
that's the case for many visitors this time is they're only in there for one or two hours or three hours at the most right so you don't really have that luxury of going all out so yeah i don't know maybe some little tip to the and you know hyung sits on both sides of the table so he can correct me if i'm offside but i feel like you know with some cards like if you especially want if you're already motivated to sell like price them at a pretty you know getting close to what you think it should sell for and then we, maybe you'll catch random buyers walking around and be like oh shoot okay that there's a price maybe i'll, yeah. I'll <laughs> go after that right yeah no i i i, I had a few people like they're they noted that like they're like oh this is a good deal like they right. knew already right so i think that helps like you don't have to put everything on sale right have a couple couple slabs that are like whoa like this is a pretty good deal sure and have your other stuff kind of like overpriced if you're not like motivated to sell sure as much right so yeah the only good thing about that is like if you see a table where you know like you see a luka Doncic silver prism you know what the comp is just by memory and they're right. marking it up for 2x you're like okay this is not even a table worth staying <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what i mean right, right, just move yeah. on right, right, right that's right, true right, right. Yeah. if it's close to the comp then you're like okay maybe there's other deals to be had right. so maybe that's but, the um, point maybe that's more the point i think if you have a rare card and it's priced high cool i don't have an issue with that but if it's clearly like a very liquid card that moves everything right. <laughs> yeah like a base psa 10 tatis or Lucas Silver, <laughs> exactly. Or like a Lucas I've Silver, seen them, yeah. Like that, you know. I, I think Clark, you're right. If you see those priced high, you're like, yeah, you're not even motivated to like stop there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Well, in the for the Sports Card Expo in Toronto, like the the liquid card or somewhat liquid is the um, the um, Austin Matthews SP Future. Right, if it's right. if it's over twelve thousand, that card that table's a ripoff. You know, like <laughs> there's like cards. There are people selling the exact same card for ten thousand or less. So right, you know. Right. <laughs> anyway, we'll end the show off here. Um, again, we appreciate all the listeners of this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we appreciate you giving us five stars. It helps us out a lot. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on Tuesday for our next full episode. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Cards to the Moon. We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at 5cardguys, or you can follow Hyung at Integrity Sports Cards, or John at TradeU at Recess. You can also check us out at 5cardguys.com. Thanks again, and hope to connect soon.